there's just something about coming to church on Christmas Day. It's happened before. Uh, it's happened in, even in my ministry as a pastor, uh, coming to church on Christmas Day and being able to worship with family and friends. And, uh, and then after this service, many of you are going to other places. We're going out of town and different things that are be taking place. But uh, there's just something special coming and being here. How would you define the perfect Christmas? Maybe you saw in our, in our, uh, our smaller version of a messenger this morning, the, uh, the title of the message, A Perfect Christmas. How would you define that? Many of you would include family, friends, time off of work, stress-free, and all of those things come to our mind, but we have to include also, and I think you would as well, Jesus, because He's the perfect Christmas. He's the perfect gift to us, perfect one who has came and has uh, died for us and given us eternal life. That's the perfect Christmas. You see the scripture up there, the one of the most famous, if not the famous verse in all the Bible is John 3.16. And I want to take just a few minutes we have left to kind of break down that verse and to show you some things and, and, and to bring out some things from John 3.16. There's 27 words in John 3.16 as you walk through, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you were to divide that verse and see what the center point of that verse would be. It's, a, it's an odd number, 27. So you really can't divide that in half. But what you could do is take 13 and put it on one side. And 13 put it on the other side. And whatever that word is right in the middle. That's the center point of that verse. And if you do that, it's the word son. Which is Jesus. Thirteen words before that, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten. And then the word Son. And then thirteen after that, whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Long, long time ago, it was Augustine who said this, Our Lord came down from life to suffer death. The bread came down to hunger. The way came down, way to weariness. The fount came down to thirst. He so loved us that for our sake He was made man in time. Although through Him all times were made, He was made man who made man. He was created of a mother whom He created. He was carried by hands that He formed. He cried in the manger in wordless infancy. He, the Word, Without, without whom all human eloquence is mute. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You can break that verse down four different ways. The first one is this, for God so loved the world. The perfect Christmas includes a perfect love. For God so loved the world the word God right there, it's the New Testament word for, for God. It's the, it, it's, it's the New Testament word you see many times in Scripture. But if you go back and you read in the Old Testament, uh, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, it's the same word used in John chapter 1. I mean, excuse me, in Genesis chapter 1, all the way through Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. The word God is the word Elohim, which it's used over 30-something times in those few verses in the first chapter of Genesis. And it means creator God. It means the all-powerful one. 
It means the one who is creator of all. It means the one who, who is creator, who is all power. That is the God who loved the world. The God who put everything we can see into existence. He's the one who loved the world. There are 7.4 billion people in the world. And over 6,000 people groups who are unreached. There are over 2 billion people in our world who do, who do not know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. 2 billion who never heard the gospel, never heard the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our world is spiritually dark. It is relationally broken. 2 billion people have never heard the words... God so loved the world. The word world there is simply all of existence. Every human who has ever been born, there has been 7 billion people who have been born. There are 7 billion alive today. God loves every single one of them. So loved is a self-giving love. It's a love that you do not earn it's a love that we do not uh, need, that we, that, we, that, we, that we do not deserve. He loves us unconditionally. It is a love that is based on the character of Almighty God. God loves you even if you don't love Him. God loves you even if you don't respond to Him. God loves you in an unconditional way way nobody loves you more than God does today and there's nothing you can do today that will make God love you any more than he does right now and there's nothing you can do today that will make God love you any less than he does right now his love is unconditional God so loved the world the hymn writer said this the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can tell it goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from sin. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and how strong. It shall forever endure the saints and the angels' song. God loves you. The perfect Christmas starts with a perfect love for mankind. God so loved the world. But the perfect Christmas continues with the perfect gift. The perfect love came down as a perfect gift that He gave His only begotten Son. The perfect Christmas starts with the perfect love, then the perfect gift He gave his only begotten Son. It does not mean that the Son of God, contrary to popular belief and other, uh, other religions of the world, it does not mean that God sent His Son, that the Son of God was the first created being. That's not what the word means. The term only begotten Son really doesn't carry the idea of birth at all. 
It means only one of its kind. It means unique. In fact, John uses this over five different times in John's gospel. It points directly back to the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. There are preachers in America today that don't know anything about the virgin birth. They say it's only listed in Matthew or only listed in Luke. Here it is right here in John as well. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, which means that Jesus was alive in heaven. He came down in the form of a man virgin born that's the perfect gift of God it speaks of his eternal existence John 1 18 no one has ever seen God at any time the only begotten son whom is the bosom of the father he has declared him Jesus was the walking God man 100% God 100% man that's the perfect gift Christmas God knew you needed a savior and the only savior was Jesus you cannot refuse God's best for you that is Jesus the perfect Christmas gift is Jesus because it's the perfect love nobody can love you anymore than God does nobody can give you anything more than God has already given through his son Jesus Number three, it's the perfect choice. The Bible goes on to say, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him, whoever believes in Him, the word whoever, I looked it up, anyone, at any place, at any time, is the term whoever. Whoever. Whether it be the one here in Grenada, Mississippi at First Baptist Church on Christmas morning. Whether it be the one in a remote village in Peru or Guatemala or other parts of the world. Whether it be someone in Africa or Australia or Russia. Whoever. Whoever believes. The word believes means something that is a present and it is active. It is something that you don't do, but it is something that you are. It is a constant way of life. Whoever puts their faith in Jesus and is changed by the gospel of Jesus, whoever believes in him, that is the perfect choice that God wants to offer you. That's the perfect Christmas. His perfect love, perfect gift, perfect choice for all mankind. There are those who accept it. Many of you have accepted that. But there are also those who refuse something that is perfect. See, that's your choice. It's your opportunity to respond to that. And it leads to the fourth one. The last part says, Should not perish, but have everlasting life. It's the perfect life. As a believer, somebody can say, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I've got the perfect life. I've got life everlasting. We may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we have everlasting life, which is life beyond time. It is life in eternity. It is life with Jesus. It's the life that God offers. He doesn't come to make this life better for you. He comes to redeem you from the sin that you have to make you live with Him through all of eternity. That's what He wants for you, and that's what He wants for me. It's the perfect life. 150,000 people die every day. 100,000 of them are lost. 86,400 seconds every day, which means somebody's dying every second and going to hell. Because they choose to. 
Not that God send them, sends them. God's love is beyond anything, any sin that is out there. God loves you. And all you have to do is turn and trust Him. And the Bible says you will have everlasting life. This has been a, an, an interesting week. The first part of this week, my daughter uh, got an eye infection. And then a day later... Uh, because she loves her daddy so much that it, I woke up with an eye infection. Not just one eye, but it was in both eyes. It started out with some swelling, and it's something that I've never had in my life, and it's nothing that I desire to have. Uh, so I went to the doctor. I said, I got to go. I got to get this taken care of. We have a family Christmas on Thursday night. We've got Christmas Eve service last night. We've got Christmas Day service today. Then we traveled yesterday morning. We're traveling tonight. And, and we've got things going on tomorrow and Tuesday. So there's a lot that is going on. So I went to the doctor and they said, here's some, here's some medicine that you can take. And you've got to put them in your eyes. I said, man, can you just give me a shot or something? I've got to put those in my eyes. She said, yeah, two times a day for seven days. Fourteen times. So I'm much better today. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. But as I went to the doctor, she said, here's your problem. Just like when you open up God's Word, you read what our problem is. We're a sinner. She said, here's the solution. You go to your pharmacy and pick it up, and as a little bitty old bottle, it's only, I mean, it's that small. So I got the medicine the other night, and, and as I looked at it, there's the solution. I, I understood my problem, I, and, I, and I got the solution for it. Just like in your life, the problem is we have sin in our hearts. The solution is that God gave His only begotten Son. That's the solution for man's problem. And as I went home, I had to take that, that solution and I had to apply it to my life. I would never be healed if I just took the answer and put it on my shelf and looked at it every day and say, I believe that will heal me. So I'm going to keep walking by every day and looking at it, and then I'm going to be healed. Now, I had to take it, and I had to apply it to my life. See, you have a problem. It's called sin. God took care of that problem because He loves you, and He sent His Son to die for you. But you have to take the solution, and you have to apply it to your life. It's not just that you believe He can save you. You have to respond to Him. So I'm going to ask if you would to bow your heads all throughout this place. The perfect Christmas. It's the perfect love. It's the perfect gift. It's the perfect choice. And it's the perfect life. On this Christmas day, would you like to trust in Jesus as your Savior? Would you like to know today how you can respond to Him and take the answer for the problem in your life? It's the same problem everybody deals with. That's why the Bible says, For God so loved the world, not just you or you, but God so loved the world. So, Brother John, how can I apply that to my life? Would you right now open up your heart between you and God 
and say, God, I know today that I'm a sinner. And God, I believe that you sent your son to die for my sins. And God, I confess my sins to you today. And I ask God that you would save me today. God, change me today. And give me the perfect life, eternal life. As you continue to bow, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I'm going to ask this morning. I don't do this very often, but just feel led today. We have a lot of guests who are here. There's people that we know and people that we don't know. But God knows all. God knows your heart. How many of you say right now, Brother John, I, I heard what you said. And I prayed just as you did. And opened up my heart. And I prayed. And I asked the Lord to come in my heart and to save me. Would you just raise your hand and just put it right back down? Just raise it and put it right back down. Say, Brother John, I prayed. And I asked the Lord Jesus to come in my heart and to save me. Thank you, Father. I thank you for this invitation time. Lord, I pray, Lord, there may be others who need to come and make other decisions this morning. Lord, there may be some who need to come for baptism. There may be some who need to come to unite with this church and to be a member and to be a, be a place where they can serve. And God, however you lead, may we follow you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask if you would just stay.